Hello, it's Philly here. Just a quick announcement before we jump into today's episode. Natural Medicine Week, hosted by Australian Traditional Medicine Society, is coming up on the 22nd to the 28th of May. I'm a proud ambassador for Natural Medicine Week, which showcases all the many ways natural medicine can restore the body and mind with live online events run by qualified practitioners across Australia. You can check out the link in the show notes to find your way to Natural Medicine Week. As part of the event, I'll be holding a special free Root Cause of Emotional Eating Masterclass, which you can sign up for via the Natural Medicine Week website. During the masterclass, I'll be digging into emotional eating, food addictions, sugar cravings, and the hidden imbalances in the body that cause this behavior, as well as the metaphysical imbalances that are at the deepest root cause of emotional eating. Hope you can make it. Okay, on to today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Ending Body Burnout Show, where your hosts, Chris and Philly, co-founders of multi-award winning functional medicine practice, serving busy people with energy, mood and gut issues. While busyness, overworking, addictive doing and perfectionism might be the norm, it's not normal and it's a major contributor to health issues. Our goal with this show is to give you a holistic root, root cause approach to healing your body so that you don't have to continue doctor or diet hopping or popping a gazillion supplements hoping something might stick. So get ready to heal your body, get your spark back, deeply connect with yourself and step into the life of your dreams. Let's dive in. G'day guys, thanks for tuning in. I am Chris Bellett and I'm here with Philly. Hello, we are so excited to share our first Connect the Dots episode with you all. This one is all about fatigue, ADHD and the effects that trauma has on the body. Just so you know what we're talking about when we say a Connect the Dots episode, we're actually taking listeners' cases. So we've had a bunch of people submit their cases to us via a form. I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to submit your case. And then we're putting our detective hats on and we're pulling it apart. So we're looking at not just the symptoms, but what could the symptoms be telling us? What body systems might be out of whack? What lab testing could we run to really identify what's going on in the body? And because we take a root root cause approach, we are going to look further, deeper down in terms of what actually caused the body systems to burn out in the first place. Okay, so before we jump into today's case, just so you know, this is for information educational purposes only. So this is a bit of disclaimer. It does not replace having an official consult with us or with your medical doctor or practitioner. So what we discussed today is coming from a place, not from a place of advice giving, but rather as um, looking at a different perspective, looking at your health from a different perspective. So this is the goal with the episode. It's definitely not advice. It's not medical advice, health advice. It's more for information and just to see a different perspective. Oh, and also before we jump in to workshopping this case, we have a client, our amazing Sam. She is so cool. She is coming on next week to share her own story about chronic fatigue and how she healed it using a root cause approach, which is so exciting to hear because chronic fatigue can absolutely be, I would dare say, cured. (laughs) Awesome. Let's uh, let's rumble. 
All right. Where should we start? Yeah, well, let's chat about chronic fatigue first because this is a big, big symptom that this um, this listener is concerned with. So, well, actually, no, I'll, I'll read, I'll read a, a bit about what she uh, wrote in. So she said, I'm struggling with adrenal fatigue, uh, vaginal imbalances, diagnosed inattentive ADD, depression sometimes, and grinding my teeth when asleep, bleeding gums, struggling to get up on time. So going to dig in to all of those symptoms because they're all connecting and interconnected with each other. Um, but first of all, we love words and we love listening to the words that people are saying because it can really show us a lot of what's going on inside their inner landscape and their subconscious state. So a lot of people, when they put forward their case or even when we're talking to clients, the big word is struggle, struggling. What does that kind of make you think about, Chris? Uh, so just started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Makes me think of, of wrestling and grappling and fighting really uh, oh, I, I think that brazilian jiu-jitsu is a really positive environment or it can be i'm sure there's there's places and situations anyway uh at the end of the day it's a it's a martial art it's a it's a fight and when someone says they're struggling i think of me underneath or or, or grappling with one of my my mates at the gym and and fighting and submitting and there's there's a person who is a winner and a loser and and so when someone is struggling and they uses the they use the language of struggling they're ready to be submitted and they're ready to tap out and and that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind this fight response mm. so it's a real real battle there's a real conflict and as we go through this case as well it's not just the health symptoms that she's struggling with but conflict is actually a pattern in this woman's life which is really important because we're looking at the symbols as well that give us so much information about what the actual cause is of body burnout. So I wanted to give you a, a medical definition of chronic fatigue this is from the a center of control disease. I don't think I said that right. It's a government website. Amazing. <laughs> that is. <laughs> you should go on their ad. It's like, hi, we're from the uh, center of something <laughs> and control <laughs> disease. Okay. Anyway, I'll put it in the show notes. We're it's legit exactly and stuff. What <laughs> but I read this definition. So this is for a lot of people who go to their doctors first, and they're like, "I'm so tired." Actually, there's some stats around this. Um, 1.5 million adults see their doctor each year for tiredness. This is in Australia alone. That would be like so many, many more people in the world. So the definition, medical definition is around chronic fatigue, chronic fatigue is a disease characterized by profound fatigue, sleep abnormalities, pain and other symptoms that are made worse by exertion, which we saw that this lady too is experiencing a whole heap of other symptoms, not just fatigue. So the definition continues, a chronic fatigue syndrome occurs more commonly in women. We see that in our clinic all the time, although it does appear in men as well. The cause of this condition is unknown, but may include environmental or genetic factors. We'll get to this soon because we know that there are some very specific root causes that lead to chronic fatigue, which is where functional medicine shines. The medical definition continues. The main symptom of fatigue um, 
No, it has to occur over six months or longer. The fatigue often worsens with activity but doesn't improve with rest. And get this, the medical system says there is no cure or approved treatment for this condition. However, some symptoms can be treated or managed to provide relief. How does that feel for you? But we'll take your money. Come, come consult with me, and uh, and I'll sit down with you for five minutes and take your hundred and fifty dollar fee and uh, send you on your way with my best guess about why I can't help you. I am not okay with that. I am not okay with that. I know we have a lot of clients come to us too where they feel hopeless. Like this message is sending a hopeless message. You are hopeless. There's no hope for you. That you're just going to be chronically fatigued for the rest of your life and, hey, just stop working, stop exercising, sleep a lot, and maybe take some antidepressants and that's going to help give you a bit of relief. Or do you want the uh, non-brand prescription? (laughs) So... We have saved some money. We've seen time and time again that chronic fatigue can be cured and that you can live a life free of fatigue. And we'll hear from Sam next week where she has done this and she's been on this journey for a while and she's been pretty much fatigue free, chronic fatigue free for the last year or two. Like it's stuck for her. So I wanted to mention some other stats. Chronic fatigue is a big thing. So like real full blown chronic fatigue uh, in Australia is estimated to affect 1% of the population. That doesn't sound like a lot, but that's 250,000 people struggling with full-blown chronic fatigue where they kind of can't function very well in life anymore. But low energy, so we'll talk about energy as well. Uh, 50% of Australian adults struggle with energy issues. And there's an awesome lady, Lisa Kordoff. Check her out on Instagram. I'll we'll put a link to her survey. But she surveyed 1,430 1, women and found that 98.2% don't feel fully rested and that 56.8% rate their energy as 5 or below out of 10. So that's crazy. Like energy issues are a real thing. And there's not a lot of people who feel like they are fully rested. Insane. It, another thing is as well is as soon as this starts having an impact on the rest of your life, on the way you can mm. raise your kids, arguably, I, I, I think, that, and there's stats to show this, we've, we've talked about this before, uh, not on our podcast yet, but, but in other media, about housework and about roles of of women in society in general in Australia in Mm. in our culture and and I think you might think well maybe that might have a correlation to to fatigue but really I mean is that wrong like is that is that wrong Uh, you look at those cultural norms and they're driven, well, what is culture? It's all these beliefs and all these stories that, that lock a person into a way of being and doing equal a way of having mm. <laughs> fatigue, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think patriarchy, that could be a whole other episode. Yeah, we've got to do can that. can play a huge role, especially on women's health. But you know what? Also men too, because they're like Massive. the keg, um, the breadwinner. They get to go out and make the money. And so there's a lot of yeah expectations from society to perform and do and make more, which absolutely would affect energy. Well, soul, su- soul sucking. We're living in an exponentially different age of of human existence right now <laughs> in comparison health uh, arguably is 
Are people living longer, but that doesn't necessarily mean happiness levels are up. I mean, across the board, subjective and objective measures of, of happiness and satisfaction are down, but life longevity is up. Mm. What's up with that? That'd be interesting to explore in the future. Let's let's get back okay, to Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Antoinette's combo of symptoms and really breaking these down because when someone presents like in our clinic with a big symptom or a condition, I want to know all the other little bits and pieces that go along with that because they provide clues in terms of where to look next. So she listed alongside fatigue, vaginal imbalances, ADHD, depression, bleeding gums, grinding teeth at night, struggling to get up in the morning and chemical sensitivities. So first of all, like the first thing I sort of think, okay, she's been diagnosed with ADHD. Um, Chris, you've kind of had some personal... <laughs> experiences on this as well like how do you feel like ADHD could be affecting someone's energy levels well you're interested in stuff which is exhausting uh that I can go and be interested in all the things yeah <laughs> and that's exhausting right you 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 if and and then you put this into a fight response this stress response this unhealthy I, I think we're going to be talking about this um, as we go on, but but this uh, unhealthy way of responding to stress, I think, can be labelled as ADD and ADHD, mm. uh, and I think there's some some subjective measures around it, but there there's some clear neurological, emotional, physiological, and psychological objective measures that that can indicate something is yeah. going on. I kind of think like regardless of whether someone has true, I'll call it true, ADHD or even if they might have been misdiagnosed and they're showing patterns of it, it's still this, what Chris said, exhausting when you're constantly getting distracted by so many shiny things or different projects or uh, we were talking with one of our mentors, Kylie Ryan, yesterday about different notifications that pop up all the time. And we're going to have an expert come on the show soon to talk about that, Dr. Christy Goodwin. And it is like your brain is just burning up glucose, which is energy sapping. So when someone has these neurodivergent patterns and they're also experiencing chronic fatigue or just low energy in general, I'll start thinking about some specific lab testing. So I definitely want to check out the neurotransmitters. So what are your dopamine and adrenaline levels looking like? Because they are very much part of on the go all the time. Dopamine hits, uh, which is all part of getting distracted. And then also thinking about other body systems that could exacerbate this feeling of your brain not being able to switch off. So things like adrenal stress hormones, which is all about your stress response. Um, and this could, again, not necessarily cause ADHD, but it could definitely be magnifying a dysfunctional pattern of ADHD. Also, the grinding of teeth. So Antoinette mentioned she also grinds her teeth at night, which is a subconscious, like when you're asleep, you're subconsciously doing these things. And so I'd definitely be thinking about some sort of stress response and that's connected to potentially depression as well. Can I, can I just jump in? Yep. It, it, 
I think I'll just say this. It, it, this is going to weave all through this. There's there's a fight response going on. Uh, I re- the battle. Yeah, the there's struggle. the battle, the struggle. Uh, I'm wrestling with this. That my words. Um, <laughs> and so I think you know, grinding teeth. It's a stress response, mm. and and so we can. You can't have a symptom unless there's some sort of underlying signal or, or situation going on in the body systems, right? But, but why do you have that in the first place? And then it's interesting as we get through this case study, we'll, we'll notice, we'll, we'll bring up some, some lab reports and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, just note, it's that the way you do anything is a hermetic principle. Uh, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. <laughs> Blanket statement, but, but you know, uh, it's interesting for personal development. This is, I'm struggling here. Okay, where else do you struggle? Mm. Let's find that out. Uh, I grind my teeth. Oh, that's interesting. That's a that sounds like a, uh, a a struggle going on when you're not even awake. Mm. When else are you not <laughs> aware that you're struggling with something? Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah, I love all that. Just going back to the ADHD, and then we'll move on to other areas. In the in yeah. When this listener submitted her case, she said, I tried ADD meds, but they made me feel more anxious. I didn't feel good on them and I wasn't sleeping right. So most of these medication actually work on the adrenaline and dopamine neurotransmitters. So if someone has been diagnosed with ADHD and they actually feel worse on meds, not better, then I actually start double guessing. I'm like, maybe there actually isn't anything going on with these neurotransmitters. And when someone says they feel worse on a medication, I also start thinking about your detox pathways because your liver needs to metabolize these synthetic medications. And if someone's liver isn't working very well, it's just putting more stress onto their system. They're not able to metabolize it properly. And so then that can make people feel worse on medications. And it's interesting too that uh, in the case she said that she also has chemical sensitivities and bleeding gums. So having a high toxic load in your body is really inflammatory. It burns through nutrients. It can cause more chemical sensitivities and literally will show up as nutrient deficiencies. For instance, bleeding gums. That's common with people who are burning through vitamin C levels. So that's a fight again. There, there's an internal fight. So that's uh, in, in the same way that there's a battle going on when, when Antoinette is asleep and she's grinding a gun, uh, grinding a teeth. There's a battle going on in her cells with blood is being spilled yeah. as a battleground. Yeah. Way you do anything is the way you do everything. Yeah. And something else again, we just really love the way that people use words. She said, "I didn't feel good on them." Now, this is where being face-to-face with someone and in the consult, you can good, really gather bad. more information. It's like, what, you didn't feel good in terms of physically in your body or was there something kind of mental, emotional value going on there too? So I know this lady um, really values good nutrition and, and natural living and so then being put onto a medication that's not natural is that why or potentially why she didn't feel good? Maybe that's even why she felt bad and had symptoms on them like our brain and our nervous system responds to the way that we the language that we're using this is very shaming language as well good bad it 
I, I didn't feel good. Notice that that's, a, that's coming from a perception of self. So that's shaming. It, it's kind of below guilt, isn't it? It's, I, feel, uh, I'm, I feel guilty that I, I took some things that weren't natural. It's I felt and I didn't feel good or I felt bad or whatever she yeah. said. Um, and again, like we're just kind of reading between the lines. That's where having a consult is going to gather like way more information. Yeah. But yeah, this is just like for informational purposes. Information. Picking and digging into the language that this person is using because it's always symbolic of other things. Mm. Um, vaginal imba- imbalances. So this is another symptom this lady had is an interesting link. So it wasn't specific she didn't specifically say what it was, like whether it was thrush, so that would be candida overgrowth, or sometimes people can have a bacterial vaginosis, which is a bacterial imbalance, or even an STI. But the thing is, when there's chronic vaginal issues, there's a thing called, you've probably heard of leaky gut, so that's where the gut lining starts to separate, and you can have particles enter the bloodstream. Well, did you know you can also have a leaky vagina? So that's where the vaginal wall, especially if there's a lot of um, inflammatory things happening in the vagina, it starts to separate and then you can have dysbiotic bugs leave the vagina and enter different areas of the body. So potentially um, there could be something like a chronic candida overgrowth in all areas of the body um, or some other inflammatory bacterial overgrowth. And a lot of these microbes produce metabolic byproducts that are very inflammatory and toxic to the body and have been linked to things like fatigue, depression, and even affecting the brain, the way that the brain works. And then going back to the bleeding gums as well. Well, again, like that's a sign of a nutritional deficiency. And if your gut's not working very well, then you're not really able to absorb nutrients. Even if you have the most perfect diet, then that could definitely be linked into what's going on with this person. Super interesting. And one other body system, and then we'll go deeper into like deeper root causes. But when someone presents with chronic fatigue, I always think about the mitochondria as well. So the mitochondria, little organelles that live in your muscle tissue, And their role is to convert the food that you're eating into ATP energy. So basically, it's the energy production part of your body. So if someone has fatigue, I am really curious around, do you feel worse or better after exercise or physical movement? Because if someone feels worse, even if it's going for a walk around the block or they've done a gym gym class and they actually feel more wasted, not better, because remember, exercise should perk us up then highly likely there's probably something going on with the mitochondria that would need to be tested as well. And we can test all of these body systems that I've been mentioning via uh, speed, (laughs) spit. By speed. Come and do a speed test. (laughs) A spew. And sometimes we do blood tests as well. All right. So shall we get into some deeper root causes? We've kind of been threading Mm. them throughout, but we might dig into some of these a little bit more. So been chatting about the body systems, symptoms, but what? And then, you know, obviously we do lab testing to confirm if our um, hypotheses are correct or not, which is great. Sometimes sometimes I'll have someone and you'll hear with Sam's <laughs> story next week. She ticked all the boxes of adrenal fatigue, like all of them, yet her lab test came back with perfect adrenal function. And we both looked at each other and we're like, 
we don't know how that's happened, but it has. And so then we did further testing and found out that a bunch of other stuff was imbalanced and leading to the fatigue. So you want to get clear on that. And then our next question of inquiry is always, why did these body systems burn out in the first place? So we were talking a lot about um, this woman's struggle. So she's been struggling with many of these health issues for most of her life. She said most of her life she's had these. And there was a question in our form um, that she filled in around what was happening leading up to or during the symptom flare-up because this is such crucial information looking back at the timeline because, again, it can give us so much data around what actually caused this in the first place. So she listed off a few things. So she said uh, she had trauma events, domestic violence in a relationship. That's huge. Homeschooling, caring for others also on the spectrum and helping children heal from the traumatic events and never giving up on them. Believing in them, but not having enough for my own self-care. So in that tiny little paragraph... There's, I just, I feel that. (laughs) There's a lot going on. It wasn't just like, oh, I just, I don't know, work too hard at work. There's so much going on. And so we wanted to speak into trauma first because trauma is huge. And before we kind of jump into, she specifically mentioned domestic violence. Chris, do you want to just talk about trauma? Because it's not trauma. Trauma isn't just about what psychologists call big T trauma. Do you want to kind of explain the many facets of trauma and how it affects our body? Yeah, well, well this could go in depth. Maybe for the for the for this one just to keep it kind of concise, at the end of the day when when things happen in our life experience that are a real trouble, a real hard thing to go through. It, it can be a trauma in term of abuse, but but it can also be physical. Sometimes it's self-inflicted <laughs> trauma through sport and uh, injuries or a car accident or, or something like this. In this instance, domestic violence. So that's where there's been a power power dynamic or or, or physical something uh, i don't think there was any um we don't need to know mm. but but there's there's going to be a uh I, I like using the word a shock to the system it is something is now going to be newly programmed into you as a way of being because of this stuff this stuff or this thing or or this experience that has happened in your life and and that then can Oh, it can, it affects your expectations around partner. It can expect this can change your expectations around spouses and partners and people and maybe men in general or the human race or a place. And th- then our expectations. Uh, I say our because now I'm I'm referring to humanity. So when when we go through these experiences that are traumatic, it can it can put us in a place of self-fulfilling prophecies and we can we can oh why is this happening to me again and and we start to find ourselves in situations like this i'm not saying that that's what is happening or what has happened but sometimes we can find that this just turns into a an avalanche that emotions thoughts experiences just keeps happening or mm. does happen and a lot of the times this is actually a metaphor that 
again, I've mentioned Kylie Ryan. She's awesome, my mind coach. But she talks about trauma and when you haven't really processed it or addressed it properly or you're repressing or suppressing it in terms of like trying to push down a balloon underwater. Like this balloon is constantly wanting to pop up. (laughs) It wants you to address it. It wants you to like let go of it. But something inside of you is constantly trying to push that down. And that is exhausting. Like even from a physical point of view, that is using up a lot of energy to always trying to keep this balloon under the surface. Suppress it. And so when I think about like a lot of people with chronic fatigue have some sort of trauma. And again, trauma can be big stuff like rape, uh, physical, uh, sexual, emotional abuse, violence, violence. but it can also be little things like for me, (laughs) my trauma, which I didn't realize was causing a lot of issues was getting up in front of a hundred people and forgetting my little talk that I was going to say, that was deep humiliation. Little. Like it was was little T trauma, but it was still producing the same... I don't feelings. think it's little T. I think that's big T. <laughs> well, it, well, yeah, and I and I hadn't processed it because as a kid I didn't even know how to do that or that it was a thing, but it was causing these physiological responses in my body of not feeling safe, of feeling like mm. I was constantly being exposed. And so regardless of what type of trauma or emotional, negative emotional events that you haven't yet processed, it produces like, it literally produces unsafety in the body. Your body constantly feels unsafe. It's constantly triggering cortisol, your Mm. fight flight hormone, that struggle, that battle. It's also producing neurotransmitters like adrenaline because you need to run away from stuff. And over time, these these chemicals and hormones break down your gut and your sex hormones and your yeah. detox pathways. And there's even studies around like so much research coming out about this. Um, so there's a thing called the trauma, limbic, sorry, limbic system trauma loop. So that's a part of the brain which detects threats. And if you haven't addressed trauma, whether it's little or big or whatever the spectrum is, your brain goes into this, I'm constantly unsafe, I constantly need to run or hide. And that develops into chronic symptoms. Like it literally in some point, these unprocessed feelings and emotions and memories will surface dysfunctionally through your body, through symptoms. And it's it does that in a beautiful way because it's trying to protect you and heal you, but in an unresourceful way. But these symptoms are also trying to grab our attention. Like it's giving us pain so that we can actually respond to that and do something about it so that we can actually realign our whole self and heal our whole self in deep levels. Mm. I I think uh, our body does have a language. Our body does have... Uh, we use vibration and words and our language. The way I'm speaking to you right now is air passed through my mouth and lungs and vibration and my vocal cords, all that sort of stuff. And it conveys meaning, right? And our body also communicates with our conscious awareness. This is not fluff, but think think about it. There's a meaning in, in what we do. And I think about the stress that Antoinette would have felt 
and the, the, the traumatic experiences around her domestic violence and abuse. Mm. And I think about uh, my, my attention goes to vaginal issues. Mm. And as yeah. a fight flight mm. response, what did, what did we notice in the symptomology? There was a vaginal... Um, Chronic vaginal issues. Yeah, leaking, escaping flight mm. response mm. if there was well this is the thing if there was some sort of maybe sexual abuse as well a lot of women um will develop reproductive issues yeah i've seen that time and time again again it's like symbols it's like where is the pain <laughs> yeah what hasn't been healed and the body shows up there's a great book called the body keeps the score by bessel van der kolk i'll pop his yeah. link down below but i wanted to read something that goes along with everything we just said so he talks about trauma and the effect it has on the body uh, so he said as long as you keep secrets and suppress information you are fundamentally, fundamentally at war with yourself. There's the struggle again. The critical issue is allowing yourself to know what you know. That takes an enormous amount of courage. And once you start approaching your body Massive. and your symptoms with curiosity rather than fear, everything shifts. And this is a huge part of what we do in the Ending Body Burnout Method. Um. Most people have had some sort of emotional event that hasn't been processed. I don't think we've worked with anyone that hasn't yet not. <laughs> and so really getting to the root, this is what we call about, this is what we're calling the root, root cause. We're going beyond just looking, even looking at behavior and diet and environmental toxins, although we look at all that as well. But it's like, what is this? What's the stuff that's hidden that's causing you to think, feel, behave and literally have the health that you currently have now and that's where like that's where you can end your body burnout yeah. i'm getting emotional because i so wholeheartedly believe in this that this is the way of the future for healthcare. <laughs> um, can, can i just oh, yeah. talk about the balloon i i think about it more like a basketball something hard i was at my my sister-in-law and brother-in-law's pool they've got and i was pushing a ball a basketball a hard ball underneath the surface and it flew, I got distracted and it f flew up and it hit me in the chin and I <laughs> and that hurt <laughs> a lot and um, I think I bit my lip or something like that anyway getting to the point is sometimes it's not soft like a balloon that kind of gently floats up to the surface. Sometimes trauma or, or suppressed emotion, things that we're fighting against, our, that our body and our consciousness is, is fighting against, flings up and smacks us in the face like a, like a basketball, something hard that maybe draws blood. And, and that, I tell you what, that caused a fight-flight response in me. <laughs> but then, but then I, we, uh, we hear so often, oh, I've worked with my psychologist, I've been to the doctor, mm. I've jumped on ADHD medication, I've done the work. Mm. So why is the ball keep, why Maybe, do you keep pushing the ball underneath the water and I, smacking just, in your face? Add a few, like uh, yeah. some other things we hear. Oh, I do meditation. I've done breath work. Mm. I've gone to a... In a child workshop, I've done the work. I'm all finished now. <laughs> the thing is, the proof—the proof is in the pudding. Behavior so if your body is still screaming at you, you've started the work, but you haven't done the work. Mm. 
And if we're honest, the work continues for the rest of your life, but it gets to a point where you end body burnout, you're, you're symptom-free, and then the work continues to continue self-regulating and self-loving yourself. <laughs> just yeah. one more thing around trauma before we move on to just one other thing that we picked up in uh, the case starter. So one of uh, my coaches who I worked with last year, Jamin Fraser, has a cool, a different perspective around trauma and PTSD. So he said that it's not actually about the events that happen to you. It's about a broken rapport with yourself. So essentially, whatever happened to us, it's the story we created about ourselves based on what happened to us. So if I go back to my little story about oh, not remembering anything, crying my eyes out in front of a hundred people, feeling so ashamed, feeling humiliated, hear the words that I'm saying. Essentially, I made this belief that I can't get up and speak in front of people. I can't share my voice because something inside of me is weak and incapable. Mm. And so that belief continued causing all sorts of dysfunctional patterns and health issues. And in this listener's data, we have a few little checklists in terms of patterns as well. And she has identified that she has constantly has feelings of shame, guilt, low self-confidence and apathy, which is so common with people who haven't addressed trauma or negative, negatively emotionally charged events. Yeah, so when you're in a shame, at that level of shame, your life view is miserable. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes the reason why we might struggle i think of soldiers in gallipoli and and trudging through the trenches of battle and the misery that the soldiers wrote in their in their literature the the miserable conditions rats and waste and 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 uh filth and death and there was a that the view was misery and shame. David Hawkins talks about this, that shame is perilously close to death. Sometimes we choose subconsciously to, to end our life. And, and that, that's not about, I'm so embarrassed. I could die. I'm so embarrassed. I could die. Yeah. And, and we, that's a surprise. And then we feel guilt and shame that we feel the guilt and shame. And there's this process that we suppress, we suppress that. And sometimes, sometimes it's that emotion about the thing that is the basketball that we're pushing or the balloon that we're pushing underneath the water. It might not be the event. And so sometimes when, when our, when we hear I've done the work. Yeah, you've brought that balloon up out of the water. And now there's some emotions around that. And sometimes there's emotions about the emotions that you've got about that. Mm. It's like this matrix, this web. Oh, sorry. And and you um, maybe that's the thing that you're suppressing. Maybe. Yeah, that's really interesting because we have worked with people who, who have felt like they've gone, they've worked with, say, a therapist or a psychologist they feel like they no longer have that ickiness in their body when they think about the traumatic event. But when I say to them, do you believe that you're good enough, worthy enough, lovable? Most of the time they cannot say any of that. So it's kind of like, great, trauma, stress response to that has been addressed, but now we got to look at like the nuances and the, and the the shadows that has evolved over time from that event, which is, I feel like, what we're quite good at. <laughs> yeah. Um, just one other thing that I wanted to pick up around 
the words that Antoinette said. So she sounds like she has a very big heart. She's dealing with a lot herself physically, emotionally, mentally, psychologically. But amongst all that, she's also homeschooling children, caring for others on the spectrum and helping children heal from the traumatic events and never giving up on them. Big, big heart right there. Straight after that, she says but not having enough of my own self-care. So it sounds like, again, if we use the word struggle or the the metaphor of struggle, she's struggling with procrastination. She's feeling stuck and she's struggling to stay consistent with self-care. Yet on the flip side, um, again, just pulling out more data, she also says that she's often hurrying, rushing and addictively doing. (laughs) So it's not like she's not doing anything she's filling up her time doing something and it sounds like a lot of this is caring for other people which is a pattern of rescuer martyrdom yeah and and she's she's using language that's shaming and then bumping up into to more energetic you know doing things for others and and so that's that's on the surface that's nice and and sometimes we find that that this doingness is is a flight response. It's it's what when you really dig into it, why are you doing that? Why 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 why? What does that give you? How how does that help you? What's the purpose of that? And you and we get our little emotion shovels out and we start dig dig digging in. Mm. And, and we start to find feelings of, of vindictiveness or shame or guilt or not self-love. And, and so the, the, the most you could possibly hope for out of that is, is action. And I love zombies. zombies. <laughs> I, love, I love The Walking Dead and I often think, well, they're alive too. <laughs> or they're, they're moving around, but they're not really alive. And, and sometimes we can go through life like a bit of a zombie, can't we? Uh, not not dead, but not really alive. Mm. And it is a common it is a common common trauma response where you're running, running, doing, doing, and doing a lot of stuff for other people because essentially that feels safe. Like you're deflecting that deeper healing, which may feel scary, may feel painful initially. And so when you put your energy into other people, that feels good too because you're getting probably some external validation back from other people that, yeah. oh, you are a good human being because you're doing stuff for other people, but essentially you're running away from that broken rapport with yourself that you don't feel good enough or worthy enough or lovable. And so that's an, a, a big pattern that we see. And then can I throw another one in? Okay, now this is where shame also comes in. When we start to base our identity on the things that we can do and that we do do helping homeschooling being a partner and then all of a sudden our our source of 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 security around ourselves and this certainty around ourselves uh, when we when we can't do the things that we based our whole sense of self on when that that ability to do goes away and and fades or is taken from us we can we can have a bit of a crisis, an existential crisis, a void of identity, and and we drop right down into shame and guilt and apathy. Apathy is is this despairing, hopeless state of of being where I can't 
I won't. This sort of language comes up. And then when we try, it's a struggle. Mm. And also too that that dropping down into apathy or running away. So uh, this lady also had a pattern of trying the next thing but never really following through a whole process. It's like (laughs) maybe this is a bit of an ADHD pattern of like, oh, new shiny thing. But this will it, rescue me from my my hopeless state. Ah, shiny thing. But Help then, me. But then not following through a whole process. And sometimes too at a deep, deep level, it's actually an act of protection and self-love because yeah. maybe it's not actually safe to be well. Mm. Maybe it's actually not safe to heal because deep down someone might believe that they cannot heal, that they don't have what it takes to be well or if they get healthy and well, they're going to have to like show up in life in a different way and that might also feel really scary. So I think I think we've covered yeah. like a lot of stuff. I think you can see too, hopefully this has given you a different perspective on chronic fatigue and ADHD and some of those other symptoms we've listed. And... Again, we take a very holistic approach. So we still look at the physical. We want to really look at what body systems are burnout because then we can help reset, kill them off, kill off something nasty in there, build it up. That physiologically helps you heal. But in order to truly end your body burnout, you've got to look deeper into why that happened in the first place and really look at all these hidden dysfunctions inside the body, the environment, the mind, the subconscious state that's causing their health issues to show up in the first place. Yeah, you know what? I, I actually honed in a little language there from 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 you. Aww. You gotta. And, oh, and yeah, you know sorry. what? No, <laughs> well, no, don't feel shame uh, or guilt. You, you, Chris always does does this to me. Always. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> hey, look, got to. No, you don't. You mm. don't got to. You don't got to. Uh, do do you? That sounds very broken too. You gotta, you gotta do this. Just gotta. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to. Yeah. But this, as we said at the start, uh, yeah, as we said at the start, you totally can. This is for, uh, at the end of the day, this is a podcast. This is entertainment, (laughs) but it's based on real stuff, real stories, real experiences. I feel like there's a CIS. Um, <laughs> All right. So if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to see more, and maybe even if you'd like to see your own case reviewed, mm. go to the show notes. There'll be an application form there. Send it through to us. It's anonymous as well. Um, so don't feel like everyone's going to know everything. It's completely anonymous. Yeah. You get to choose if if, if um, we use yours or, or a pseudonym. Yeah. And then also just a reminder for next week, tune into our client, Sam. I have a chat with her about how she overcame chronic fatigue, brain fog, anxiety, gallstone attacks and gut issues using our ending body burnout method. We're so, so excited for you to hear that story and it would just help you provide evidence that you can get over all of this stuff. Thanks so much for joining.
Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you. If you'd like to give us extra smiles, drop us a review and spread the love by sharing this episode. You can also rate your own state of burnout and the root cause contributors by taking our ending body burnout assessment on our website. And if you're interested in learning about our group or one-on-one ending body burnout programs, shoot us a DM via Instagram or Facebook. Have Have the the best best day day ever. ever. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>